Resorts, homes and a newly built hospital have been washed away. No electricity, nothing whatsoever. We need to be prepared for the future. I'm just holding on for dear life here. This isn't fun. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Plan this time before disaster strike. Every natural disaster gets worse. What happens when something goes wrong and how do they respond to it? And make sure everyone's safety comes first. Save what for dream. You must ready. Clearing roads, restoring critical infrastructure. Eventually, I know it's going to hit. It's only a matter of time. Helping your community. Helping your family. Helping you. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Hi, I'm Fred Hooper, and this is Pacific Prepared. This week, coming to you from Fiji, we've been working with local media, looking at stories impacting their region, and talking with people and trying to find out more. Pacific Prepared is a show all about natural disasters, how you prepare for them, and how people across the Pacific have survived them. Today, reporting on natural disasters and climate change in Fiji, how local reporters go about doing this and reporting this news while also trying to make these stories relevant for the rest of the world. Also, Atata village in Tonga. It's only been known as that for about six months now. We'll find out how the culture of that village is coping after the huge move from Atata Island that was impacted by the volcanic eruption and tsunami in 2022. And how one Fijian village is slowly being taken over by the ocean. The shoreline has been um, washed away like about two metres or three metres from the normal uh, shoreline. That's all coming up. This is Pacific Prepared. What's your plan? Are you ready to leave your home? Plan now before disaster strikes. Pacific Prepared. We're coming to you from Fiji this week and working with local media on stories to do with natural disasters and climate change and hoping to get a better understanding of what it's like for local media to cover these issues as well. Apensia Wonga is from the Fijian Broadcasting Corporation and is well aware of these challenges. My name is uh, Apensia Wonga Rondomo. I'm a senior multimedia journalist at the Fijian Broadcasting Corporation. What kind of stories in relation to natural disasters and climate change have you covered in the past? Normally, we look into you know the trend out there that's happening around the globe, and we localize it, and um, we cover relocation uh, stories. Also, we do stories on uh, financing, climate financing, and um, that has to do with uh, you know not only financing or in terms of uh, relocating, uh, assisting with relocation, but as well as infrastructures and a uh, few other things. Um, we cover um, um, agreements that are made between uh, governments as well as COP. I've covered uh, COP, not, not really going to the event, but covering from home. Yeah. And after natural disasters, are you able to get out into communities uh, at FBC and see what's happening on the ground and what's happened there? Yes, uh, definitely. We go out to the ground and uh, see the, you know, the damages that are caused by natural disasters. Uh, sometimes, because we have our reporters in the north and uh, west, they cover those specific areas. And for us here in the central division, we just go out into areas uh, uh, like Tenglebu, 
um, Serua, Namosi, and uh, if we have to get stories from the outer islands, we we reach out to the provincial uh, district, um, the provincial council, and they have their uh, people there who would be in contact with us. And then we, that's how we get to see the extent of the damages caused by natural disasters. And what sort of things do people in the, in the community talk about when they are talking about natural disasters and climate change? What sort of things do you hear? One of the things that uh, has come out is the unfamiliar trends of natural disasters um, because we have uh, cyclone season and then you have uh, you know, a non-cyclone season. But then now cyclones are happening at a time when it shouldn't be happening. Like for this year, we haven't had any cyclones or any um, such disaster for, for that matter. So one of the, the things, like I said, uh, the trends is what people are talking about and uh, also the, the extent of uh, damages. It's disasters that are happening in Fiji now in terms of uh, climate change disasters, it's extensive. What, I, what we've seen, the last disaster that really struck Fiji and that was really bad was the Winston. And uh, ever since then, there was really nothing. Uh, the disasters afterwards was not as major as Winston. What's it like for your reporters when they go out on the ground? I mean, they're obviously Fijian locals. What's it like for them to go out on the ground and see the effects on their own communities as well? Hmm. You know, sometimes you come into an environment like uh, FBC and you you are not prepared for, you know, to go and cover natural disasters and those events. And when you are put onto the ground to go and cover events after the aftermath of a disaster, then you realize, you know, the impact of those, uh, how it affects their livelihoods, how it uh, affects their, you know, generating of income. And uh, this is where we generate stories from. And and we try and address it by taking it to the to the government level and see what uh, how best they can deal with it. Mm. And what what about the the perception from outside? I mean, how do you think people outside the Pacific see what happens in the Pacific? Do you think it's a true kind of reflection of what you're seeing on the ground and what people are hearing outside the Pacific? Definitely, uh, um, Kiribati is. Um, an example of uh, what's really happening out there. Even around Fiji, we have uh, villages near the coast that are really, you know, affected by by climate change and uh, natural disasters. Eh? So I think when we go to the rural communities, these are the people that are really being affected, as well as uh, in terms of heat. Um, heat are not as normal as how it used to be. Um, saying that it also means you know humidity and all those things um, usually before the western division would always be the hottest part of uh, Fiji but now on a maybe I can say an abnormal day Suba would be hotter than the western division and uh, usually Suba normally is cool but then it's not the case anymore we would have a lot of rain in Suba but recently there hasn't been uh, much of a rain than uh, sunshine. Yeah. And when you're putting together stories at FBC, are you thinking about the local community seeing that content as well as people, say, in America or in Australia or um, right around the world? Are you thinking about what they're looking at too and how the Pacific is being portrayed? Mm. Yes. 
you know, um, because the thing from our understanding and the understanding of the people on the ground is that we are not the only, you know, the sole contributor to all these changes that is happening. And that is why we need the support. The people in the Pacific region needs the support from uh, uh, bigger countries who, the, you know, the bigger emissions like uh, China, the U.S. And they, that's why they are also, you know, um, liable to, to financing, to providing financing for, for climate adaptation and mitigation. So when we talk about uh, climate change, we do not, you know, uh, keep it within. We try and talk about it from the bigger perspective so that we are not suffering and then we are not the only ones who has to go out and look for the solution. Because come a time, what the people believe is that, the people in the Pacific, I may say, is that it's a, it's the responsibility of the whole uh, universe. Yeah. Yeah. When, you're, when you're looking at stories, how are you trying to make them relatable to, to people who live outside the Pacific. So when you go and visit small villages who have been impacted and affected by climate change or natural disasters, how are you then trying to make that story relevant to somebody outside the Pacific? You know, um, let's say rugby. You know, you have a, a rugby uh, field that's close to the shoreline and now the it's been, you know, because of inc- the rise in sea level, it has affected that uh, place. And because we participate in, 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 because rugby is a global event, so I would say, you know, this is how we link it to, to the global community and uh, we see how they respond to the impact that, it, that climate change and natural disasters is having on us and, you know, what future we have in terms of rugby and other, other stuff that we do yeah. like that, yeah. And do you think, do you find it easy to, to ask people in communities, do you think that they find it easy to talk about these things with you too as the media? Yes, uh, the past few years and the past government administration that we have, they've uh, really pushed issues on uh, relating to climate change. And I think there's a big uh, understanding out there in the community about, you know, the effects and the impact that it has on uh, people's lives and also on, you know, our, our country as a whole. Yeah. Apensia Wonga from the Fiji and Broadcasting Corporation there. My name's Fred Hooper and you're listening to Pacific Prepared, coming to you from Fiji this week. People's lives have been affected by a disaster. Know what to do. Know what to do. Know what to do. Clearing roads, restoring critical infrastructure. See, all the signs are coming, so we have to prepare. Be prepared. Pacific Prepared. I'm sure that rising sea levels is not something that you can just picture straight away. It's difficult to imagine with such a massive body of water. For people living on coastal areas, experiencing these rises, it's much clearer. And they're getting a close look every single day. They're using things like trees, rocks and village houses as markers and indicators of how high the sea level is rising. Pacific Prepared reporter Josiah Nanunga visited a small village recently and has this story from Fiji. Uh, the shoreline has been um, washed away like about two meters or three meters uh, from the normal uh, shoreline. 
Watu Lele is a coral and volcanic island, 32 kilometers south of Vitilivu, Fiji's largest island. The island is inhabited by four villages, including Lomanikaya, Ekumbu, Taunovo, and Mwanga. Economic activities include coconut and taro farming, fishing and selling of Fijian hand-printed tapa. Watulele is known for its legend of the red prawns. Fijians in the four villages on Watulele Island in the province of Nanunga are beginning to feel the impacts of climate change and rising sea levels. A Kumbu village representative, Isayam Batiratu, says they are in dire need of a proper seawall to reduce the risk of coastal inundation. At this particular point of uh, time, because I have been uh, living here since birth, uh, in the last decades I have seen so many uh, changes as the impacts on uh, uh, climate change on the island. I have seen lots and lots of uh, things uh, change. Uh, one is the shoreline. Uh, we came this morning. And uh, when we went to what to Valilevu, uh, I I wanted to show you the impact of, um, of the waves on the the shore. Uh, the shoreline has been um, washed away, like about two meters or three meters uh, from uh, the normal uh, shoreline. Uh, I have seen. Um, uh, the living things, the fish, uh, reducing the number of, uh, uh, the amount of fish in the ocean because of the, the global uh, warming. The ocean is uh, warming up uh, uh, slowly. Uh, maybe because of uh, uh, the, the soil, the uh, minerals washed from uh, the land to the ocean. Uh, because of uh, the disposal of uh, rubbish and uh, plastic uh, tins, empty tins, and uh, roofing irons, and uh, so on. Um, I have seen uh, changes too uh, in the inland, uh, looking at uh, the plants, uh, the pieces of uh, land dried up uh, as an impact of uh, the influence from um, of climate change on the land. He adds the damage caused by Tropical Cyclone Harold two years ago is a testament that the impacts of climate change are already on our doorstep. However, their resilience kept them going and motivated them to rebuild and rehabilitate using the available resources. Uh, yes, a good number of uh, homes were were destroyed, completely destroyed, and uh, now we are trying to rebuild uh, from the pieces uh, left over. And uh, we have uh, some of us have been working hard to purchase uh, more um, uh, building materials to improve on our um, houses, uh, homes. Um, as uh, we saw this uh, TC Herald uh, just swept uh, the four villages of the island. The whole island uh, was totally um, uh, destroyed. Um, I remember when I came here three days after 
ATC Herald, everything was brown, and it took about seven days to get back to normal in terms of leaves and green plants. He says soil has turned saline or have at times dried up, affecting food security, agricultural productivity and economic returns as a good number of villages are commercial tapa makers or farmers. Uh, yes, uh, I have experience uh, in one of those years where the drought uh, season, uh, season um, almost destroyed uh, uh, the mussy plants because mussy plants only grow uh, on the few inches uh, topsoil, eh? Uh, maybe two to three inches uh, topsoil, that's where we see the roots uh, spread to. Uh, at, uh, when we have long sunshine uh, period, uh, the topsoil uh, dries as well as uh, the roots uh, of the plants, uh, the mussy plants also dry up. Mm. Uh, in terms of uh, mussy planting, uh, I, I'm trying to, I'm urging uh, uh, the young people when they plant uh, mussy to not, when they clean up, to pull the weeds and all those to leave there and uh, collect leaves as uh, part of their mulching so that uh, it, uh, the, the top level of the soil remains uh, wet all throughout to uh, allow the fast growing of the mercy. Pacific Prepared reporter Josana Nunga reporting from Fiji. We need to be prepared for the future. Helping you stay safe. We have built a seawall two times, but it did no good. What happens when something goes wrong and how do they respond to it? Plan this time before disaster strike. Every natural disaster gets worse. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared. You might remember after the 2022 volcanic eruption and tsunami, Atata Island in Tonga was badly impacted. The villagers were told they couldn't live on the island any longer. They had to relocate. Earlier this year, some of the villagers moved out of their temporary accommodation and into a brand new village on the mainland island of Tonga. The village is a huge open block. There's around 20 to 25 homes built so far and around half of the population from Aitata Island have now moved into the new village. And the town officer says he's happy to be in the new village. But he'll be even happier when the rest of his community have moved in. Yeah, my name is... um... Sikula Fonua. I am this uh, town officer of um, Atata Island, but it's Atata it's village at the moment. Yeah. And this, um, I am the town officer. I am the one who's uh, looking after this, um, that people in the, um, that village here. What does it feel like to be back in a village now after so long living in temporary accommodation? It is, it's, um, I'm really, really appreciate that. And then I think this all the family moving into this Adantasi uh, village. I think this uh, more happy than I am. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like for you when you had that temporary accommodation as the town officer and someone who has a lot of responsibility in the community? What did that feel like for you? The question is, is um, 
It's, uh, they got this uh, more challenge for, for this uh, that question for myself. Because it's, uh, it's not all the people um, all in here, because it's uh, there's only half here, and then the most um, are staying at, um, at that hall where they are last time we met, and then uh, some staying on their own family, and then this um, old friend. So for my um, for, 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 for myself, uh, if I gonna be uh, if they all get in here, then it's a good um, thing for me, and then I'm uh, very very happy for that one. That's the, the challenge for me. So it sounds like you're pretty happy, but obviously there's still more work to be done because you need to get the rest of the people in. It is. And yeah. I, I, I do um, a lot of work for me to do. Yeah. You know, this um, government and some other, um, um, uh, other place to be um, knocking on that door for the people um, to be um, uh, come back here. And I think previously you were concerned about your village's culture, that you might lose some of your cultural, um, I guess, connection because you were living on an island before, obviously, in Atata, and now you're, you're not as close to the ocean. How has that, that sort of played out for you? There is a, 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 a big challenge too for us. You know, this, uh, when we're staying on the island, and then this uh, we um, uh, doing uh, like this um, easy for the commercial um, uh, economic uh, uh, commercial uh, getting money, you know, like fishing and then uh, kind of the woman is easy to walk on uh, on the seaweed to find this uh, shell and um, uh, kind of this uh, thing like that to sell mm. and get the money for that. But here it's a bit um, difficult for for them, but. Anyway, we kind of do um, thing, but this what we we do, we trying to push to be a keep get slowly, slowly, slowly to come back used to it. This uh, staying in Dongtapu, but the council for this um, for the island, there may be five years from here, they summer back to the island for for for, for doing this the same normal what we do before. But this, uh, what we're looking, we're looking to be get the people here, to get the land here, for the people, the children for school, and then some people are doing a job, um, uh, working uh, uh, at Nukalofa here. Yeah, it's good for them, yeah. So you think there's a chance that you could be able to go back to the, the island and do some of those, those cultural things that you had a lot of connection to when you lived there? It is. It is. Myself, yeah, I, I promise I can go back. I can go back to Thailand. Yeah. And some of the youth, I promise, yeah, they 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 going back to Thailand um, after maybe three, five months from here, from five years. Yeah, they going back and then start to be a um, build again this um, um, uh, small home there. Yeah. And how do you feel when you go back to the island now, um, even if it's just a short visit? Yeah, I feel don't want to come back here. I feel want to be staying and then um, staying over there. But you know, I was to be coming because they got a lot of job for me to do for the people uh, to be collecting them here. And then after that, and then I got back for for a little bit longer. Yeah, staying on the island. Yeah. 
how long do you think until this village is complete now yeah I have no idea of, at the moment for this uh, how long this um, the, the village is going to be um, uh, complete uh, all here yeah but this uh, the time is going to be done they should be the time is um, for them to come here. The Atata village town officer in Tonga, standing outside his new home on mainland Tonga, after his island community was destroyed by the volcanic eruption and tsunami in 2022. Our specific islanders are the ones actually at risk. We're the ones actually facing the challenges of climate change, the rise of sea level and the hurricanes. Every year we are, we're always expecting a cyclone to occur and we don't know how hard it's going to hit us. And yeah, we're, we're quite, some of us are quite um, scared. It's pretty, pretty frequent now. Um, it's like every year we experience cyclones. So it's, it's, for now, we, just, we tend not to underestimate it, but yeah. We do prepare ourselves, but yeah, it's, it's kind of like a routine now every year. You are listening to Pacific Prepared. Um, I know that it's affecting us greatly. Um, my point of view is very different from my parents' point of view because back then climate change wasn't um, that serious. Um, and nowadays, back then, they would only have cyclones about like once every eight years or something. But now we have it every other year. Um, for me, I've been through two um, Category 5 um, cyclones. Um, yeah, in, in 2015, my family and I, we moved to Vanuatu. And one month into moving there, we, um, we experienced um, Cyclone Pan, um, five, five, yeah, Category 5. Uh, cyclones, uh, Cyclone Gita. Uh, that was my first cyclone I experienced. Right. It was uh, it was pretty rough. What happened? Where were you? Uh, I was at uh, I was at home, just with uh, my mum and my dad. And then we heard the radio said that there was a cyclone, so we hurried and uh, got some copper, some stuff to nail get against the levers. Yeah. Yeah, windows, yeah. And you just stayed in your home the whole time? Yeah, we just stayed at our house. I was worried about my families in other houses, so my dad went and picked them up. So we all stayed, all of our families were in one house. And uh, yeah, we just started praying to God to uh, help us. Pacific Prepared is supported by the Pacific Media Assistance Scheme with funding from the Australian Government's Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Any views expressed do not necessarily represent those of PACMAS or the Australian Government. It's produced and distributed in partnership with Radio Australia and networks across the Pacific, including Radio New Zealand Pacific, NBC Papua New Guinea, Palau Wave Radio, Capital FM 107 Vanuatu, Samoa National Radio 2AP, SIBC Solomon Islands Broadcasting Corporation and TBC Tonga.
And thank you to FBC in Fiji for hosting Pacific Prepared this week. Part of the aim of this program is to start conversations about disasters. What would you do and how will you prepare? We're trying to help you make the next disaster easier for you and your family. My name's Fred Hooper. Please share any information that you've learned today and stay safe. From Fiji, this has been Pacific Prepared. <laughs>